Welcome to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. On today's episode, Lacey chats with various libraries around the state about the state of mobile services, better known as bookmobiles. The first interview is with Evan Flanders of the Madison County Library System and Barbara Carruthers of the Lee Itawamba Library System. Both Madison County and Lee Itawamba have successful, currently running, bookmobile programs. Learn about the history and future of these programs, as well as a few fun stories about your average bookmobile patron. Stay tuned. Welcome everybody to the latest edition of the Stacks and Stories podcast from the Mississippi Library Commission. Uh, My name is Lacey Ellenwood and I am a library consultant here at the commission. And today I am joined by several librarians that engage in bookmobile or outreach service. And so I am glad to be joined today by Evan Flanders with the Madison County Library System and Miss Barbara Carruthers from the Leotawamba Library System. Welcome everybody. Morning. Hey, morning. Just to kind of kick things off, I'd love to do just kind of a basic introduction with the two of you. Just share a little bit about how you got to your library and kind of what brought you to public library service. Evan, if you'll go first. Sure. So I started working for the Madison County Library System when I was 17 as a shelver. And I just kind of fell into it like as I moved up. I just fell more and more in love with public libraries. And so by the time I went off to college, graduated, came back home, was rehired by the library system. I was about maybe not even a full year out of college. And I was like, I think I'm going to go back for a library science degree. And I just have been drawn to the aspect of like, it's both like you're helping people, but you're also teaching. And it's just like so many different things. You know, part of me has always wanted to be a teacher, but not wanting to deal with all the bureaucracy that seems to be in the classroom. I've got family members who teach and I hear a lot of those complaints. So it's like, I don't want that. So being a public librarian kind of gives me like best of both worlds, if that makes sense. So that's just kind of where I've been. Yeah, that totally makes sense about like wanting to be a teacher, but like maybe not all of the aspects of being a teacher. Right. I couldn't do what they do. Miss Barbara, what brought you into libraries? Love of books. Absolutely love books. Love the weight, love the smell, love the all of Love books. Have you worked and in other library systems besides the Leotawamba library system? No, I had not worked in a library, but I live in Oklahoma, Mississippi, so volunteered in that library and to just, you know, help out with the programs. I would substitute sometimes if one of the librarians was out and just love, should have been here years ago. It took me a long time, but I'm here and I love it. That's all right. You got to, uh, you got to public libraries eventually. <laughs> so I'd love to talk a little bit about any memories that you have with bookmobiles. You know, bookmobiles have been around for a very long time and have been kind of implemented in different ways throughout history. But I would love to know if you, Miss Barbara, have any memories about bookmobiles either as a child or as an adult. Well, I taught preschool for 10 years. And when I taught preschool, the bookmobile came to our library. So I had that experience. But more than anything, just my love to read, not just for my students, but books for me, but also 
I had an excellent bookmobile librarian who knew what I liked, and I try to give that same service to my patrons. There is nothing like the smile of a patron when you put a new Patterson or a new book in their hand of their favorite author. And I remember how I felt receiving that book and knowing that she had thought about me. That means she had did some personal librarianship just for me. And you feel so good. So I try to give that same service. But as one of my young patrons, his mom told me one time, Miss Barber, it was his fifth birthday. And I was mailing out the library cards at that time, coming back, you know, to the building, complete the work. He, it was his birthday and he had gotten money from his grandparents and his bookmobile card. And she had sent me a picture of him holding that card. Money didn't matter. It was that card that was the highlight of his birthday. Loved it. That's a great memory. I, I love that story. And I love the, that you talked about the personalization that a lot of our patrons feel, whether they come into our physical building or whether they're coming to a bookmobile or an outreach vehicle. I, I love that. Um, Evan, do you have any kind of memories of bookmobile service or anything like that? No. So I, I mean, like growing up, I would see like in film and stuff like a bookmobile. So like, I knew what they were, but we didn't have one in this area. I grew up in uh, Ridgeland, actually. So I didn't go far. Um, and the bookmobile that we had had in the past, it hasn't been in operation, I think in like 30 something years, I found out. So like Madison County system had had a bookmobile, but I think it stopped in like 88, 89. So right around the time I was born and then we didn't get it until like 2019. So um, I had not experienced one, but the really cool thing now going out on the bookmobile, since we have gone into service are the stories that people share with me, how like, oh, I remember the bookmobile. And sometimes I'm like, the way they say, it, I'm like, oh, did you, you know, the original bookmobile? And I've actually encountered some who are like, oh yeah, I remember the original bookmobile. And then they'll start telling me like what it was like on our first bookmobile. And it's really cool hearing their stories or having the grandparents come on with their grandkids and telling them like, when I was your age, the bookmobile was the only way we could go to a library. And so that generational uh, aspect of sharing bookmobile services. So I see more of the sharing the story side of it and getting to share that experience with others. Yeah, there definitely is this kind of romanticism about bookmobiles. And, and if you hadn't gone to one as a child or as an adult, like you said, you've seen them in films and there's this nostalgia around them. And while some library systems have gone away from bookmobiles, a lot of libraries are coming back to it. And we'll talk to some other librarians um, about some upcoming service that they're providing with outreach vehicles. But I would love to know how long your library system has been utilizing a bookmobile. Evan, if you would go first. Uh, yeah, so like I said, we'd originally had one. I don't remember the start date of the first one my library system had had, but the one that I drive now, we got it in 2019. I didn't even make it a full year in service before COVID hit, so it's been quite the experience, <laughs> but we've had it since 2019, so kind of getting back into the swing of things, kind of figuring out how to do bookmobile services. Ms. Barbara, how long have uh, have you been operating the bookmobile uh, with Leah Dewamba? I've been here 16 years, but Lee County Library Services has offered bookmobiles for over 81 years of continuous service. We are the longest running 
We have never ceased to have a bookmobile service here. So we're the longest running in the state. We are the oldest because of that in the state. That is, I, I didn't know it was 81 years. I knew it had been for a very long time, but like just that, the shock of like, oh my gosh, you know, you're coming up on a century of having mobile outreach service and continuous service. I think that that is fantastic. The number two is in the Orin Don Museum here in Tupelo. If anyone has an opportunity to visit and we are in the process. 2022 fingers crossed of a brand new bookmobile oh my gosh i'm gonna keep my fingers crossed and and hopefully you'll invite the commission out to see production your new, the new bookmobile yeah i know the production side of things takes a long time to get a, to get a bookmobile built it's not as simple as just let's grab a bus and throw some books on it all both of your vehicles are very different and specialized to do very specific things for your communities and I think people don't realize that, that they are very individual for each library system. Ms. Barbara, can you kind of take us through what an average day on your bookmobile is like? I can. I usually begin with, uh, my first stop is usually 9.30 in the morning. That's giving me time to pull in and check my emails in case they have send me a message for a book or something they would like. I would leave here yesterday, for example, my first stop was at 9.30. She came on and I will use my patron's last name, Ms. Garner, and she recently had had knee surgery. So the importance of that is you're not just given a library service, but Bookmobile is a very personalized service. You see them one-to-one, you know their names, you usually have had more contact with them outside of the library because you are part of their family. From there, a mother grandmother came in with her granddaughter who had never been on the bookmobile before. So the door opens and she goes, there's books everywhere. Yes, there are. And that is the kind of thing that makes bookmobiles so very special. Mm -hmm. So she took pictures with her granddaughter. Her granddaughter was able to choose some books for herself. And then the grandmother was talking to her about when she was little and would come on the bookmobile. So you have so many memories. You have, again, my main word is personalization. You have so much personalization when you're on the bookmobile and interact with your patrons. Great, great time to be out in the community, especially if more people come in and they're, you know, they attend church together or their grandchildren go to school together. You have all this visiting and it's just a great opportunity to be a part of the community. Mm-hmm. That was part of my day. Then I come back and pull books and take books out and Shelvin, we, mm-hmm. and now after COVID, those patrons are there, but trying to build the interest up again of the importance of bookmobiles and being seen in the community. It's important just to drive, you know, not just your route, but to take a different route sometimes so people can see you. That's PR. Oh, 100% it's PR, seeing that, you know, the the signage on the bookmobile as it drives through, not just, like you said, to the stops, but around in the communities to make people aware if they aren't already about the bookmobile coming and serving their area. I love that. Evan, will you share kind of what a day in the life of your bookmobile looks like? Yeah, so it kind of depends on uh, the stops that are happening in the day. Sometimes I have a real early start. Like one of my stops is a preschool and it's special needs preschool. So I'm there at like 8, 15 in the morning. So I have like really early day. 
but I love them so much. They like they're preschoolers or preschool age. And so they're all like excited and just in awe. We'll have a story time and then they get to check out a book to take back to their classroom. And it's just, it's so fun just to like have kids on again. Um, it was something I really missed during, you know, the start of all this with the pandemic. And so, you know, that can go like three-ish hours because they come class by class. And I mean, it's small, but they have multiple classes. So it, it takes some time. So that's like one way it looks. Um, other times I have like a later start, like 10 in the morning. Um, if I'm going to like the nursing homes or independent living, cause you know, they're like, we're retired. We're sleeping in. We're, <laughs> we're going to get, which I don't blame them. Hey, if I had worked that long and then no, I'm sleeping in. So I do not blame them. So, and then, you know, like Miss Barbara's side, like they will be waiting for you. I'm still trying to figure out how early one of my stops, like how early they are waiting for me. Cause I've gotten there as early as like 15 minutes before that stop's supposed to start. They're all there waiting. Like as if I was the one who was late. And I'm like, but, but it's so heartwarming to see cause they're so eager and they've got all their books and it's just, it's so fun. And if somebody's blocking my spot, they will go hunt that person down and be like, you've got to move. The bookmobile needs to get here. <laughs> it is so funny to watch these people in action. And I love it. I agree. Um, I agree. It is great. Cause they're like, I want my books. She can't park. She can't do anything until this bookmobile has been moved. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we don't have to fight them. Like I can be patient. I can wait. Like they're about to be done. And they're like, no, no, no. They need to get out of the way right now. So it's, it's great. And I, you know, like I get to suggest books to people or just get to have conversations. Like I love that. And then I'll have the patrons, especially those who are retired, who will talk about their memories of the bookmobile as a child and how much they love like getting to enjoy a bookmobile again. Every day is kind of different because it really depends on who I see, but that's just kind of how it goes. I agree. Every day is different. Yeah, that's yeah. part of being bookmobile service story time, though. That oh, is yes. the absolute best time. See those kids' eyes when you read that story, and you're reading a fun story, and especially if you're really, you know, acting it out or enjoying it, and watching the children's faces and the teachers' faces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it, and the that, kids. That are... is the best part. That is. And- and they call it the book bus. Like no matter how many times I say it's the bookmobile, they're like, it's the book bus. <laughs> and it is, it's the greatest. I'm like, you know yeah. what? It is the book bus. You're right. And like, I, I love it. And then they'll get like really, they'll get really curious about all the parts in the bookmobile. So then I'm like answering all these questions. Of like, what does this do? What's that? What's this? And like, they love to see where I drive. And like, I have a sliding door that separates the, the cab from the bus. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'll push the sliding door back uh-huh. and I'll be like, look, this is where I drive. And they're like, well, that's so cool. So you drive this? <laughs> and I'm like answering all these questions. And so it's like touch a truck suddenly happens on the bookmobile. But I love it. I love their curiosity. It's so awesome too. Like when I come to some of the schools or the daycares and they're outside playing, the moment they see the bookmobile, they stop what they're doing. They're like, the book bus is here. And they're lining up and they're ready to go. And I'm just like, that's so amazing because, you know, these kids, they grow up with technology from like the right, moment they're born. Right. Technology is part of their life. And, you know, that's one of the things we talk about being so concerned about, you know, the kids using tablets or phones and how they're not interested in reading anymore. But to watch them drop everything 
to come hear a story on the bookmobile, to come check out a book. Like it's so heartwarming to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and hearing you and, and Ms. Barbara talk about like the excitement. And then we hear people that say things like, oh, you know, people don't go to the library anymore. Well, you obviously haven't talked to a librarian, gone to gone to a bookmobile stop because we see people every day that need our services, need y'all services as outreach librarian. So yeah, those stories about creating readers and that's what you're doing with those kids is like, you hear those older adults talking about their memories with the bookmobile. Those kids are going to be talking about you in that way in 50, 60 years. So, you know, your legacy lives on as a bookmobile librarian. And that's like really heartwarming to, to know that public librarians and bookmobile librarians that we really do touch people's lives. And like, we're such a personalized service in a world where that is increasingly uncommon. We continue to provide that real personalized service. So it's what makes me passionate about libraries is, and I know that that is something that you both share as well. Now I'd love to kind to talk about maybe some of the impacts you've seen with operating your bookmobile. We've talked a little bit about it, but we can talk a little bit more in depth about it. Ms. Barbara, do you have any stories or have you seen any kind of impacts with providing mobile service? I want to share a story with you. And I, when uh, she was talking, I thought, oh yeah, I remember you. you have to write all this stuff down. Anyway, there was Shannon Middle School. And I went to that school, I would pull up to the cafeteria and the children would come out in and out by themselves. That's how much trust the teachers had in the relationship we'd built up with the school. And when those children left fifth grade and went to sixth grade, they appealed to their principal at the middle school for the bookmobile to come. I remember crying because, and I'll cry again, that we had made such a small part of their life that was important that they continued that relationship, that those students would appeal to their principal and say, you know, we've had the bookmobile services for three years. We want to continue that. Can he come to our school? And he called me and he told me, Ms. Carruthers, they came, a group of them came to me. That's the impact we make, the, just the love of reading, the love of books, and just exposing the children. Some don't even check out books, but they come in here they look at the books and they touch the books. And sometimes that is just as important because you can see that love and maybe they haven't gotten to that level of being comfortable picking the book and reading it, but they still have that love and desire to be a part of library services. That's wonderful. That, that's one of my best stories. I love that story, Barbara. Evan, do you have any kind of stories that you could share? So... There's a stop that I picked up recently. It's at our uh, career and technical school in the county. You know, like I'm seeing teenagers at this stop. So they're in high school. And again, like a lot of them, you know, they're attached to their phone. And then you've got those who do love to read. So, you know, they're built in, ready to go for the bookmobile. But at this school, you know, they were encouraging the kids to like, just come on the bookmobile. It's like, go see the bookmobile. And so some were getting dragged along with friends and whatnot. So like they didn't really have an interest, which, you know, fair, I wouldn't force anybody to, you know, or be upset if somebody didn't like it. Well, I had this one teenager who was just like, I don't like to read. And I was like, oh no, that's such a shame. Cause then her friends are like, what? I love to read. And then as she's talking, she's talking about how she likes facts. Like she doesn't want a story. She wants to learn something. So nonfiction. And I just remember looking at her and I'm like, it sounds like you like books 
about fat. You want to get something out of it. And she's like, yeah, exactly. And she's in the, the allied health field for her, for the school. And I was just like, well, what are you interested in? And she starts talking about, you know, like facts about healthcare and, you know, things like that. And I'm like, oh, well, you might be interested in this book. So I, and it was a book I had read and I was just talking to her about it. And then she looks at me and she goes, stop talking about it. I want to read it. And it was just so funny because she was afraid I was going to spoil it for her. And I was like, oh, okay. But it was just so funny. Like the teenage attitude behind it. And we were all laughing and she checked it out. She read it. She loved it. And now like she goes to the nonfiction section. So now I've got someone who is a reader and it, it was just the fact that I don't know if people had tried to tell her like, Hey, you know, to be a reader, you have to read fiction or, or what, but it was just simply listening to her and then saying, Oh, Hey, I think you might be more interested in this kind of a book. And then finding out I was right. And then creating a reader that way. So I was just, I was really happy about that. Great story. Mm -hmm. And as somebody, um, you know, I wasn't, a reader, a big reader when I was a kid growing up, because I think I always associated reading with like schoolwork and you have to read this book. So I really, I I developed a love for reading on my own later in life, but I always like the library has so many other things besides books. And I know your bookmobiles carry other things besides books too. So, and, and that's a way that, like you said, you're just creating new users for different things that our libraries and bookmobiles offer. Have you, uh, Evan, experienced any challenges um, with operating a bookmobile? Yeah, just some of it has been like the wariness of like, oh no, like how am I going to get these books back? You know, and some of it getting people like to trust the fact like, hey, it's the library coming to you. So a lot of it has been of using it responsibly, I guess is a way to phrase it. Um, and then me just having to say like, no, 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 I'm, I'm coming to you. So, you know, great if you can get the books back to one of our branches. Cool. Like they'll get it to me but just wait until I come back and like, here's the schedule. And like, this is when you need to bring them back to me. And like, you don't have to worry about fines because we're fine free anyway. But when I was doing it, it was like, no, only if you're like really late getting it back to me, like well past the time of when I come see you next. Some of those hurdles had just really been about fines. But now that we're fine free, that's even less of a barrier. And just really right now, the big challenge is just dealing with COVID and getting back into like a routine and, you know, getting that all set up. I agree. I think that's the biggest hurdle for us is building our services back up since COVID. It's been very hard. Yes. Yeah. Ms. Barbara, have you had any other kind of um, hurdles to operating a bookmobile or even just kind of like things that you've had to address over the years since you've been with the bookmobile a little bit longer than Evan? You would not believe one of the hurdles is from my older patrons is introducing new authors. And I'm having to tell them, you're just like me now. We love Mary Higgin Clark. You know, we've got to look at some more. So trying to find authors that write similar to the ones that have been favorites for years, that's been a challenge because I don't want to just give them a book. I want to make sure it's a book that I would might enjoy too. So like Mary Higgin Clark, I want to read one or two people that are compatible to her to say, you know, I like her. Try this one and see, and you tell me what you think. I think that's the biggest thing is there's so many new authors and my patrons want to stick to the same people and, and we've got to venture out a little more. <laughs> yeah. But I love my patrons. I love bookmobile services. I mm-hmm. really do. 
both of you have talked a, a little bit about the impact of COVID-19, but how have your mobile services kind of changed throughout the years or have changed because, specifically because of the COVID-19 pandemic? My story times have fallen to almost zero. And I was doing approximately 50 story times a month. And, and that's hard because I love the children. I love to see their faces as I'm reading. And, I, you know, I don't have that. And I haven't had that for over a year now. But we're hoping that when we come back in August, the schools are back open and we're able to go back into the school. And yeah. having the children, like I told you, at Shannon Middle School, come out on their own. You know, they're big kids and they can come and choose their own books and come in the bookmobile and they know what to do, that, that's a big thing for them. Mm -hmm. And that's why they petitioned once they left middle school and went to junior high, they wanted those services continue. Yeah. Um, and that really speaks to kind of this, I don't want to say a shift, but there, there's been a lot published about like millennials and the younger generation really valuing the kinds of services that we provide in public libraries. So I love hearing that story about those kids advocating um, to continue to have your version of a library service. Evan, uh, have your services changed at all due to the pandemic? Yes and no. I feel like I'm still so new at it because I didn't even get a full year in before the pandemic hit and then we went into lockdown and then I was off the road for a whole year because of that, because no one wanted me to come to them. Like, you know, all my nursing home facilities or independent living facilities were like, thanks, but no thanks, not right now, which mm -hmm. I totally understand. Like I do not fault right. them whatsoever for it. And then the schools, I've been hesitant. And then the schools to some degree were like, oh, well, we're not quite there yet. So it's been a lot of just having to adapt of like, okay, you know, at times I had had to take, like go to a stop and then take off books and then just put them on tables for display and then wipe everything down. So it was really weird, like just showing up to a stop with the bus and being like, no, you can't come on, but here's everything. And if you need something that's on there, I'll run in and get it. And then getting to the point of like, okay, you can come on, but you have to wear a mask. You know, it's just like kind of going with the ebb and flow of the cases, the variants, all of that. So where I'm at right now is I'm able to have patrons on. I'm not requiring masks. But again, it may change because right now all the schools are on spring break. So who knows what that'll look like once we come back. And so it's just kind of uh, going with the ebb and flow of it and just having to roll with it. We're really optimistic, the library system as a whole, we're being really optimistic that we will get to have, you know, like all the in-person stuff like we had in the past. So I'm trying to plan for a more normal bookmobile summer lineup for summer reading. But at the same time, kind of like in the back of my mind, like, okay, how am I going to prepare for this? For me, it's a lot of just having to roll with it and being really adaptable and flexible but also still trying to get a footing because I was so new right before the pandemic hit and then bam, everything kind of went sideways. And so it's still a lot of learning for me. You talked a little bit about summer reading. So do you both do summer reading programs or have traditionally done summer reading type programs with your bookmobiles, um, Evan? I do. Barbara, Ms. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, good. Yeah, um, I think, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, you just come in and you drop off books, but that's not only the only thing y'all do. You, you Miss Barbara talked about story time. You guys are doing 
summer reading program. So you try to bring as much as you can. And Miss Barbara, in your opinion, like what does the future of mobile library service look like? Do you see this continuing, evolving? If anything, I see it expanding more, especially for the school and mm-hmm. being able to go in and just to give support to what they have in their library. Our supervisors here, they are so wonderful with supporting the bookmobile. I can't imagine Lee County without a bookmobile, to tell you the truth. It has always been such a part of the community. In fact, we have a supervisor who was a child on the bookmobile, too. And they will tell you the stories of their mother or grandparent taking them to the bookmobile. That's so important. That's that history. That's that word of mouth that is passing down from generation to generation. I love it. Even though I'm a library on the wheels, I am a full functioning library, just as the one in the building. Yeah. And I can bring those things to you. I love it when patrons say, please go to Lee County. Can, can you take them back? And I said, that's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. When, I finish it, <laughs> when I finish my ride, I'll be happy to take them in the building. Mm-hmm. So they need to understand that. I think outreach services are more important now because Corona showed us we need to kind of change how we do things. And we need to understand we do need to meet people where they are. Yes. And we need to leave our building. And I think we've learned that. I love that you talk about the legacy of the bookmobile service that you have um, in Lee County. Uh, and that I, I think there would be a rebellion if there, if, if there wasn't a bookmobile I with Lee County. So. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, what are your thoughts about the future of mobile and outreach services for public libraries? Oh, like I totally agree that it's it's going to expand again COVID I think has just taught us so much uh, about you know the need to go out to where people are and I think that's something a lot of librarians like we've known but being like okay well how to do it or you know other things happening and being like okay we're going to table this for later but for those of us in mobile services I think like we really see the need to like reach out to people. Like I still have people who they're immunocompromised and like, I don't feel comfortable coming to the library. So like I bring books to them and you know, that's like, sometimes I'm the only interaction they get because they're still having to be so isolated for their own safety and well-being. you know, in general, um, partnering up with the schools because a school library, you know, their budgets are only so big. So then when you partner with the bookmobile, you've got access to a whole other library plus the branches, like I can pull books from the branches. So I think people are starting to realize and going forward are realizing like, these are all the possibilities. This is how we can see people that we ordinarily don't see in our branch because we can go to them. So I think accessibility is a big one because we've got people for whatever reason, they can't come to the physical branch. So the library coming to them is a big thing, which I think is great. So I I really only see it being like a thing that we expand on. I found out recently one of my um, independent living stops, the salesperson um, who's in charge of sales at the place came to me to tell me expressly that she now uses me as a selling point to get residents because she will tell people like, yeah, I mean, and they have their own library and she's told me, she's like, you know, we do have a library and of course we show it off when we're there. But I also tell future residents now like, Hey, you know, the bookmobile comes to us twice a month 
and this is how it works and how easy y'all are to work with and how like basically it's this very symbiotic relationship and we are a selling point for a local um, nursing home slash independent living uh, facility. And I'm like, that's amazing. And like, I really wanted to cry when she told me that. I'm like, that's great. So I love that. And then I think that's another part too, is just partnering with, you know, already existing organizations like your nursing homes, your schools, your daycares, just partnering with them and, you know, bringing the library to them. So there's a lot of outreach involved. I love that they that they took the time to say that to you because you know we've we've seen studies about how strong public libraries in their traditional brick and mortar sense increase property values. If there's a good public library in your community, it draws people to want to move to your community. And so naturally, of course, if the bookmobile comes to a a care facility, that is definitely a big selling point for people. Um, So I'd love that they shared that with you and that um, you had that story to share. Just to kind of start wrapping things up, is there anything else, um, Evan, you'd like to share about mobile service? with the Madison County Library System with our listeners? Just we're looking for, you know, new ways to, you know, reach our public, um, our communities. So really wanting to get into the schools, you know, for the remainder of this school year, but definitely going forward, you know, like I said, COVID really really did a number for us. You just starting out once again. So I'm really looking to renew those relationships that I had pre-COVID and then going forward, you know, like growing new ones and, you know, just the fact that we're here and that mobile services can look different just in different ways. It could be, you know, coming onto the bookmobile or it could just be simply requesting items that I bring to a place. So there's so many different ways to do it and it's all free, like it's zero cost. So, and that's really awesome. There are so few things that are, you know, that are free or without some sort of string attached to it. So we're free, no strings attached and, you know, we're flexible too. Great. Ms. Barbara, do you have any final thoughts to share about mobile service with the Leotawamba library system? Whenever you see me, the doors are always open. I love to tell patrons, whether we're in the building or on the bookmobile, They'll say, I haven't been in the library for years. And I say, you know what? We missed you. Welcome back. Exactly. For all of those who have not visited us, we're looking for you. Our doors are open. Welcome back. Yes, Yes, 100%. Well, I want to thank you both for sharing stories about your work with your bookmobiles and um, stay safe out there on the road. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. In our next interview, Lacey chats with Sarah Rusky from the Harrison County Library System and Lindsay Fitz from the Mid-Mississippi Regional Library System. Both Harrison County and Mid-Mississippi are in the middle of starting a bookmobile program. Learn about what drove them to start these programs, as well as all the little considerations one has to take into account when purchasing a bookmobile. Stay tuned. 
today I'm joined with Library Director Sarah Reske from the Harrison County Library System, as well as Librarian Lindsay Fitz from the Mid-Mississippi Regional Library System. Both of these libraries are looking into starting new outreach and bookmobile services in the state, so I'm very glad that they were able to set aside some time to join us today. So welcome, Lindsay. Sarah, hi. Hello. To kick things off, let's kind of do a little bit of an introduction. Sarah, if you'll go first, just kind of share a little bit about, you know, what drew you to working in public libraries. Okay, well, my path is a little, I don't know, a little haphazard, honestly, because I was in the academic world and in the classroom uh, at a liberal arts college, and then some various life changes took me to a small town where that really wasn't uh, any outlet for that, and when I was looking to go back to work after I, my kid was born, the library was hiring. And I was like, I spent a lot of time in libraries. I love the concept and the mission and let's give that a try. And so about a decade or more later, here I am. <laughs> they tend to suck us in. They're like, yeah. oh, you know, <laughs> I, I as well never thought I would end up in public librarianship, but somehow I, I ended up falling into it. Lindsay, what, what's your story? Mine actually majored in elementary education and had always thought that I would be a teacher and end up in a classroom. And then much like Sarah, I saw a job opening at the uh, library for youth services coordinator. And I'm like, hey, that's pretty close. Almost nine years later, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, we do tend to attract educators, either people that come from uh, the education world or people that think about going that route. So um, that's a very common story as well. Lindsay, I'd love to know if you have any memories from your childhood or for being an adult about like bookmobiles or any experience using a bookmobile. You know, I, I, I do not. I'm from a, a bigger area. That's where I was born and raised. And I do not have any memories of a bookmobile when I was a child. Mid-Miss had a bookmobile at one point, but it was before my time. So even when I ended up here, that it was not in service and had not been for a long time. So I actually have zero memories of a bookmobile. This is all new to me. Yeah, your library system is like a lot of libraries that I hear about that are starting bookmobile service. Again, it was maybe mm -hmm. a service that they had in the past and had discontinued, but have since come around to it. Uh, Sarah, what about you? Do you have any memories with a bookmobile, either, you know, if your parents did or if you do? No, it's the same. I grew up in a tiny town, but since it was so small, there really wasn't a need for, you know, everybody could get to the library because the town was so small but both the libraries I've worked you know like where I was before there had been a bookmobile in the 20s and I really loved looking at the old pictures of they look like a batmobile or something and then in the 50s it was you know a little different but it was it was really interesting and, and people would come and tell me about their passionate love of the bookmobile when they were kids because that location was larger and, and very rural. I, I love to hear those stories and hear about how important it was to, to folks and still is because they, they remember it so vividly. Sarah, I'd love to know what really prompted you and the Harrison County Library System to kind of start a bookmobile or outreach service. Well, it kind of was just an idea. I it started very generally. It's something that I've felt like 
with the way people's lives are right now that they often have trouble getting to libraries when we're open. I have had a long-standing desire to have a branch in a Walmart and I have not accomplished that yet, but in <laughs> the absence of that, it seemed like a bookmobile was a good idea. And then during COVID when the CARES funding, you know, there were calls for grants. I saw this as a, just a wonderful and unique opportunity to get this rolling for us because we, we don't have a super, I guess, copious budget, you know? <laughs> so this was like kind of a one of once in a lifetime opportunity. So we went for it and we are more than thrilled to, to have gotten that grant and to be able to do it because like I said earlier, it's just something that's been on my mind. How do we get people who can't get here, who don't have transportation and, or don't have the time when we're open? And now we have, now we'll have a new avenue to, to do that. Exactly. Yeah. And especially like in our state, it's still so rural and people still have barriers to access because of just transportation services. So even if they're fortunate enough to have multiple library systems in their county, there are still a high likelihood that they cannot physically get to a branch. So yeah, definitely. Lindsay, what about you with Mid-Mississippi? What, what kind of prompted your system to, to go this route? We're kind of, you know, Sarah and I are kind of in the same boat. One of the counties in my system is Holmes County, very rural, to the point to where actually some of the schools, they have a library space, but they have no books in them. They don't have librarians to staff them, even if they did have books. And we just really saw the need, especially with the pandemic that we went through, the need to get out in the communities and be able to bring our services to the communities that could not get to us. You mentioned homes. It's, it's definitely one of the counties in our state that struggles, has very high poverty, um, very rural. So I definitely um, know what you're talking about there. Lacey, Let's, can I add something? Oh, really yeah, quick? please go ahead. Go. I, I just, it, with that rural angle, but we also found, you know, our we have some rural parts of our county, but most of them are pretty urban. However, we're doing a project with the Children's Museum and we're focusing on some low income housing in Gulfport. And we found that those folks don't have transportation. The bus routes do not go where they need to go. And so they are sort of isolated in the midst of the city. And it, it, that was a key finding we had or we were having as we continue that project. And they, they were on top, you know, sort of top of mind as well when working on this, those folks, those kids and families. Yeah, even our quote unquote urban areas in the state, tr public transportation is is still, there are lots of gaps. Gaps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sarah, uh, what will Bookmobile service kind of look like for you? Because I know it is very much a personalized service with each library system, how they do Bookmobile or outreach service. So what is that going to look like in Harrison County? We are honestly not sure because part of the grant is we have some funding for a position and we haven't hired that person because of supply chain delays. We're, our, our vehicle arrived at the customizers yesterday and we're really excited, but we haven't onboarded the person and that we, I feel like that person will be key to to making those decisions, but we're trying to be flexible is our number one goal because it'll have this, the space will be adaptable to, it can be a computer lab, but it'll have those removable A-core shelves, but also we can put in, we can put in a counter instead of shelves. So we can, you know, switch it around depending on, are we deploying for, is there a hurricane and we're trying to deploy somewhere where people can come and, and apply for FEMA assistance, then we're going to set it up for, for that kind of thing. Or are we going to cinema by the shore 
in Jones Park where there'll be a bunch of families and kids and we want to have, you know, kids books and or activities and set it up for that. Right now, we, we want to be as flexible as we can. That's our, our focus and until we get more specific feedback and, you know, from the community to see what's needed. Yeah, I think it's really great that you've been able to customize your vehicle to kind of be multi-purpose, to be a lot of different things for your community. That's really fantastic. Um, Lindsay, what is Bookmobile and Outreach Service going to look like for you with Midness? Ours is going to be basically a traditional library that we are taking on the road. We actually got our vehicle Wednesday. It has not been decorated, as I like to say yet. Uh, I've seen it for the first time today and drove it for the first time today, which was very terrifying, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> it's not so bad once you get in it, but the looking at it on the outside is overwhelming and intimidating. <laughs> But we made it. We made it. So we are planning on going to nursing homes, some schools that, like I mentioned, don't have access to books for the children. And, uh, you know, their parents would not have a way to get them to the library. We have a ton of Head Start centers around here. And so we're just really going to take the material out to the people. That's that's our goal. What kind of vehicle do you have, if it's okay, if I ask? We have the Ford Transit Van okay. 150. Okay. The big white thing. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I looked at all of them, so I know I'm, I'm hip to the lingo. Or yes. <laughs> uh, Sarah, what kind of, what model did you end up picking up? We're getting the Ford 450. It's like a U-Haul kind of van. It's a little bit bigger, but not yeah. commercial. It doesn't need a commercial license still. That was important for us, not be too complicated. <laughs> I hope, Lindsay, especially that you listen to the other people that I had come and give a talk earlier, Barbara Carruthers and um, Evan Flanders. Barbara had some like super heartwarming stories that you'll be experiencing as you go to different schools and things like that. But Lindsay, will, you talked about having traditional services. Will you have any sort of technology or internet access as part of your mobile service with MidMiss? We are working on that. We're working through the logistics of that. But you know, like I know, especially out in some of the areas that I may get into, you're lucky if you have cell phone service, which is what, you know, we would be bringing a hotspot on that would act as the internet for people and, you know, to do wireless printing and that kind of stuff. So there will be a little bit of internet to start with. That will allow me to check in, check out the books, you know, that sort of thing. And then we are looking into a way to have reliable internet out to people that need to come and do some stuff while we're there. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of trial and error, like seeing how things work and then adjusting. Um, Sarah, yeah. what about you? What kind of a role is technology and internet access playing for you? We will have an onboard hotspot situation, and we also, part of the grant will allow us to have several laptops available, and so we can use those for, if we are doing book check-in, check-out materials, and then if we are doing something that's specifically focused on, on internet access, we'll have that. We don't know if there are any gaps. We, we tend to be a little better than some parts of the state as far as coverage, but there are some spots that are problematic, but most of our locations will be in good coverage areas. 
And just to follow up with that, Sarah, do you have any like concerns with starting bookmobile service? Anything that maybe you're having a few trepidations about or? <laughs> well, I'm on the listserv for the mobile, the outreach ABOS. And so either I've just sounded at all the things I haven't thought of yet. Like, okay, do, we don't have a garage. And, you know, we've had some issues with vandalism with our courier van and we found a solution. So we're going to have to try to, you know, add that on and checklists and and maintenance and just all those all those little things mainly are what are bothering me I'm excited about just I, I the way my brain works like tinkering that I'm comfortable with that part it's it's the details stuff that I'm not as not as good at like what might I have forgotten to to plan for um but mostly excited rather than have I don't have too many too many concerns and finding the right person to, yeah. to, to, to be the, the driver program planner and all that. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's, it's interesting skill set that, that is um, not necessarily <laughs> super abundant, but I, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll find somebody great, but. Um, oh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> uh, Lindsay, what about you? Are there any kind of concerns that you're having or that Midmiss is having with starting bookmobile service? Well, my first one this morning was driving said vehicle. <laughs> yeah, me too. A big giant van. Oh no. <laughs> but uh, now that I've been in it, that that's one I can kind of check off the list. I'm still not 100%, but um, I feel better being actually in it instead of just looking at it from the outside. Really, the scheduling is making sure. I hit everybody that I need to, and that's something that's going to come with time, figuring out where to go, who to see, making sure I have a consistent rotation and that kind of stuff. Also stocking it with material. You know, you have to start out with a core collection so that you have something to offer anybody. But then as you go and you start meeting people and they start making requests, then you'll start building a more tailored collection for the people that you're seeing. So it's just, it's time just the slow things to figure it all out and get it all working right and that kind of stuff and now gas is a concern (laughs) the gas budget the gas budget budget. so you know but it'll all be great it'll all come together when you and and josh are we're thinking about, you know, getting this bookmobile service up and off the ground. What kind of goals do you see Mid-Mississippi having for this type of mobile service? Really just reaching people. That's, you know, our number one ultimate goal is to make sure that we are out and about in the community, giving everybody access to the resources that the library has and making sure that just because they can't get to us is not a reason that they cannot access our materials. So we have the ability to come to you and give you that access. And that's our goal. Yeah. Expanding service. It's really what it's all about. Um, Mm -hmm. And filling gaps, like, Mm -hmm. you know, understanding that not everybody that needs us is getting to us. And so you both are are working to try and meet that need. Sarah, what about you with Harrison County? Are there any specific goals in mind when you were starting or thinking about starting this service? No, I agree with Lindsay. It's trying to fill those gaps, trying to reach those people we're not reaching because we know, you know, there are a lot of them out there and especially kids and older folks and, you know, people who are marginalized already are not able to get to us. So we want to identify those folks, reach those folks. And Sarah, how do you see mobile library services evolving in the future for public libraries? 
I really think it's a renaissance time for this kind of service. Like I said earlier, that people's schedules are so crazy. Like if I didn't work here, I would have a hard time getting to our libraries because I get off at five and I'm here, you know, early in the morning. And, and there are a lot of people like me who are working and have families and we we're going to have to go where they are, I think more and more. And so I, I hope it'll, it'll be a, a new a sort of new old model. <laughs> there's like a romanticism with bookmobiles and this <laughs> resurgence of a service that we used to have, but it's also just a continuation of what we do, which is personalized service for people mm-hmm. in a world where that is increasingly becoming uncommon, um, having that sort of personal touch and, and mobile service is definitely a part of that. Lindsay, what about you? What do you see as the future for um, mobile services with public libraries? I agree with Sarah, you know, this is something that was done back in the day and now it's coming back. We see where that really filled a need and this is, you know, 2.0 of the mobile library. And uh, I think it'll just continue to grow and evolve, hopefully expand even more to where we can offer more services on it because it's a great service. And I think once we get out there, people will really start to utilize it and Hopefully it'll be around for a long time. Yeah. I think some of the reasons are different, you know, like the, in the past, folks didn't have cars at all. And it, sometimes it's that, but sometimes it is, it mm-hmm. is the busyness and just the ability to juggle all the things, but it doesn't really matter what their reason is. I, I guess it's the same, like, like you said, the same goal and the same reasoning behind it uh, that we're doing it. Sarah, is there anything else you'd like to share about the mobile service that you're going to be starting with Harrison County or anything in general about bookmobiles or anything else you want to share with our listeners? No, I'm just, I, I can't wait to get started. It's, I'm having trouble with my patience with all the supply chain stuff and I'm jealous of Lindsay and Midmiss with, with theirs, but, but it'll be nice to have some other folks in, the, in Mississippi to kind of network with and talk about best practices and all that with. So it, it is exciting that we're creating a, our own little Mississippi network now and, and hopefully it'll keep growing. Lindsay, what about you? Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about bookmobiles, about public libraries or anything like that? You know, support your public library. That's first and foremost. We've got to get that out there. We are a great place. We have so many resources that you might not be aware of. So come in, you know, come check us out and see what we can offer you. And look for the roaming librarians coming to your area (laughs) soon. That's what I'm going to say. And Sarah, I will give you a little bit of hope. So at first they were saying that our van would not be in until who knows when. <laughs> and then we got a call and they're like, oh, by the way, it's here. Yeah, ours, is, ours is at the, the body is there. So finally, because okay. it was supposed to be like, I don't know, a long time ago. And then it was you know, December and then, and then it was March and it, it was March. And now if the courier van will ever materialize, it'll be <laughs> doing better. But congratulations. Thank you. And oh, I have another question. Are you driving it, Lindsay? Are I you the, am. You're the driver. Okay. I'm the driver. <laughs> I am. Uh, yes, I will transition from youth services to programming and outreach with a little bit of this and not really sure what it will be over here, but we're going to figure all that out. <laughs> great, great. 
Um, I look forward to seeing both of your bookmobiles wrapped, ready to go. I hope you take pictures. I hope you invite us at the Library Commission to come down and see your vehicles. They've been a long time coming. Um, And I look forward to the day that all of our bookmobiles can come to the Mississippi State Capitol for the book festival. (laughs) We can have a parade. Yes, exactly, exactly. That'll be exciting. (laughs) Well, I want to thank you both for taking the time to chat with me today and to talk about your new service that's coming to your library system. I, I know you both have very busy schedules, so I really do appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And please go out there, get your library card. We aren't your granny's library. We're doing lots of cool <laughs> stuff out in public library world. So please stop into your local public library. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Stacks and Stories the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.